Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Police say an unidentified man who looked like the real deal when he was dressed in a fluorescent green vest and posed along with a couple of red traffic cones and red flag appeared legit. (laughs) But his appearance uh, didn't seem to set off any real red flags with drivers willingly paying their cars there despite charging nearly double the usual price. See, a man in Ohio the great state of Ohio. Makes me like the state, this story. Uh, Posed as a parking attendant in the hours leading up to a soccer game in Cincinnati. So people pulled in to park in this parking lot, paid him $40 a car, and he made him about, I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars in a couple of hours. Now the lot normally charges $25 a vehicle. He was able to get away with the scam because the usual operators of the parking lot tri-state parking had not yet shown up for work by the time they did so the entire lot was full so my question is would the people have parked there for free if my man had not been there because no one from tri-state parking was there what happens then now apparently everyone who parked their car on the lot was giving up given a parking ticket no uh no i say no i would not pay that parking ticket uh they paid to park there they paid the wrong man but they paid to park there you weren't there to take their money would they have gotten a parking ticket if they parked there early before you got there and gone to the game i used to work at a parking lot or a business that had a big parking lot and uh it was close to tropicana field in st petersburg at the time people would go to events there and they would park in our parking lot it said no parking And if you left the parking lot, when they were big events, we used to have people uh, with their little headsets on, their little Radio Shack headsets on, up on the roof. And they would say, I've got a car in a lot, uh, in uh, parking space 3B. And uh, they just walked across the street heading for the drop. And as soon as the people walked across the street, they would come and tow that car away. And you people would come to the store all the time after the event hey where's my car uh and eventually i just put a note on the door saying here you go this is who you need to call that's not our deal you need to call these people and there was a long way to walk to go get their cars i felt sorry for them but they shouldn't have parked there the sign said no parking (laughs) so these people pulled into this lot saw a guy taking their money they paid to park now it's their fault that they it was the wrong guy and the company wasn't there no no i would not pay that ticket at all plus what a great scam what a great scam now there's pictures of this guy people have uh from their dash cams of the man but police don't know who he is (laughs) what a great scam and just i mean apparently just took the cash and walked away so now the people who take some of the money uh for the food bank that normally takes a chunk of the takings well they're they're all wound up because they didn't get money for the charity and i understand that and i understand that he shouldn't have been taking money from people out of just (laughs) out of pretending to be the parking attendants and what would have happened if the parking attendant showed up and he was there by the time tri-state parking showed up he was gone the lot was full and so was the money so it's pretty incredible uh that's a that's a really weird situation Is, is it theft 
Uh, is it just conning people out of money? Is it a felony to impersonate a parking attendant? I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, in this article, they say he could face charges of grand theft auto. Wait, what? He didn't steal a car. I'm not quite sure. I mean, grand theft, I guess, uh, is part of the deal that he took the money. But anyway, what a what a great scam. So if you can get there before any of the real parking attendants show up... <laughs> <laughs> what a great scam it makes me like ohio and that takes a lot i'll tell you that welcome welcome to chewing the fat remember we talked about the man and his wife who got busted for selling uh, body parts from the morgue at harvard medical school and from uh, Pennsylvania. Well, they just busted a guy who bought a bunch of pieces of body uh, from these people. A Kentucky man was arrested and they found 40 human skulls and other body parts in his home. Okay. Uh, it's a little weird, but you know, whatever. He, was, he thought he was buying them legally. Did he? 39-year-old James Knott uh, allegedly purchased the human remains from the Pennsylvania man. Uh, who got them, you know, the wife worked there and stole parts from cadavers donated to the school, and then they were selling them online uh, around the country. There were at least a half a dozen, maybe more people that were purchasing them. Uh, investigators said uh, that uh, not purchased hearts, brains, lungs, two fetal specimens, paid her through the PayPal online banking service. <laughs> in addition to the 40 human skulls fbi agents also found human spinal cords hip bones and femurs some of the skulls were allegedly decorated so i mean he liked to have them around they also claimed that uh he found they found a harvard medical school bag he had various guns including an ak-47 inert grenades and body armor plates i i don't know i guess that's a terrible thing to have in today's world apparently he wasn't supposed to have them he was so he was charged with unlawful possession of a firearm as a prohibited person wait the guy who had human remains in his house was uh, an un a prohibited person from having a firearm? Wait, what? Yeah, I know. Crazy to me, too. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, of course, we are upset because they were trafficking these human remains and these people donated their body to science and then this family in Pennsylvania stole them and were taking advantage and selling them to other freaks around the country. I got it. He lived alone. This is part of the story, which I find interesting because they want to make it sound like he was uh, some, I mean, he's already a weird guy, right? He's just completely a weird guy. So, and you're not supposed to lie to the FBI. So, and he didn't lie. He uh, lived alone. And when the FBI agent said, hey, is there anyone else in this apartment? He said, only my dead friends. That's not lying uh, to the FBI. That's uh, stating a fact uh, when he's being asked by the FBI. So they can't get him on that just uh really strange and so man if you know anybody that has human skulls or other body parts in their home i would go by there for a while just maybe you just not visit for a while yeah, i'm pretty sure james didn't have a lot of visitors anyway but if he did uh maybe you not visit for a while don't go by there don't drive by don't even look just keep moving just keep moving
Okay, the lady, the entrepreneur, I'm sorry, who promoted group orgasmic meditation as a road to woman's wellness uh, is being, uh, well, she was charged. She turned herself in. She pleaded not guilty to the charge of manipulating traumatized people into debt, undesired sex, and underpaid work. Nicole Daydone, I think that's how she pronounces her name, D-A-E-D-O-N-E, founded the uh, sex-centric wellness company One Taste, uh, One Taste, faces a federal forced labor conspiracy case that was unveiled last week. She was released on a million dollars bond, and her mother uh, put up the bond and secured it with the, their property in Northern California. Um, so her defense attorney said the idea that this woman, that this company engaged in forced labor is as far from the truth and reality as one could comprehend. <laughs> like I like her defense attorney, uh, Julia Gatto. Uh, she said outside the court, she called Daydona ceiling shattering feminist entrepreneur who created a unique business around women's sexuality and empowerment. Now, Daydona doesn't even, I don't think she owns the company anymore. She sold it, uh, you know good for her but uh this her big deal was the orgasmic meditation that she had at her thing the one taste that she started back in san francisco in 2005 so the orgasmic meditation was carried out by men manually stimulating women in a group setting all right one taste Uh, so the one taste marketing labor practices and sway over its clients turned workers uh turned workers the clients became workers came under scrutiny in a 2018 bloomberg business week investigation and later uh the netflix orgasm inc released (laughs) so yeah she sold her stake back in 2017 in the company and uh it claimed she remained at large when the indictment was unsealed yeah she's on vacation and then she came back home to new york and so that's when they arrested her and so the new ownership of one taste said whoa hey the work has been misconstrued. Sexual consent was a cornerstone of the operation, and the charges are unjustified. So we will, we'll see what happens with uh, the old uh, sex ink and uh, the orgasmic meditation entrepreneur of one taste as this uh, proceeds to trial or not. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. All right, so I know we have the actor strike and the writer strike ongoing, and there's still some shows that were finished before the strike that they're going to be releasing, so there will be some new shows out there, but not a lot. Uh, you know, I've been watching Joe Pickett on Paramount Plus, which is, uh, I think, got a couple of episodes left in the season. Uh, Jack Ryan ended uh, this week with his, the final season and the fifth and sixth episode. It was pretty good. Uh, the final season was pretty good. There was a border scene that was awesome. Uh, there was a couple of one thing happened in the show, and <laughs> uh, it's kind of a spoiler, but it really kind of irked me. He was uh, he was being tortured, and then uh, he was I mean it was bad, it was bad, and I mean you felt it. It was it was a it was a good torture scene, but then it's like it didn't happen, and I was like, okay, well that wouldn't be the case because there's no way that it wouldn't have happened. Anyway, it was just as he continued on 
after the torture scene, I was like, no, that couldn't really be that way. But okay, you know, whatever. I'm with you. I'm with you. All good. And uh, of course, uh, you know, Walking Dead, Dead, Dead City. We, you can find out uh, how I felt about that listening to Talking Walking Dead. Uh, I just uh, was looking at uh, a, a story from The Ringer who talked about the best TV shows of 2023 so far. And uh, number 10 was Copenhagen Cowboy. Number 9 was The Diplomat, which I enjoyed. Uh, number 8 was The Last of Us, which I, you know, I enjoyed. Dave, uh, Barry, you know, these are, they're okay. Beef, eh. Uh, Poker Face. I have not seen Poker Face yet. I really do want to see that. Uh, The Bear. I have not watched season two yet. Season one was okay. Uh, Silo on Apple TV Plus and Succession is number one. There's, uh, which, you know, I I don't know that this season was uh, the number one uh, show, but it's according to The Ringer, and I enjoyed the heck out of it, no problem. Uh, congratulations to Mission Impossible, uh, Dead Reckoning Part One. Dead Reckoning Part One. Uh, they got uh, I don't know 235 million globally, so they'll be okay. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be okay. They only got 155 million uh, here in the U.S., which is ha- you know impressive. Oh no, wait, it was 155 million globally, right? 80 million here at the U.S., which not really that good. But uh, supposed to save the movies, so we'll see. Good, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen it yet. I do want to see it. I mean, next week we have uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie, which some are calling Barbenheimer, which I like. I'm gonna have to start using that uh, next week. We have Barbenheimer, so we'll see. There's some big movies at the theater: Mission Impossible, Sound of Freedom, uh, and Barbenheimer next weekend. So we'll maybe we'll get people back to the theaters. You know, I was watching uh, the Blaze TV's coverage of the summit on Friday, which was awesome, and a lot of news clips came from that. Uh, and then some uh, some candidates, uh, you know, ruined their candidacy at this summit for one asa hutchinson uh mike pence i mean were they were they i mean i know they were candidates but were they real candidates to begin with not really and the clip from mike pence where it, he'll never get away from it it's the end of mike pence but he didn't really mean it the way it's being taken where he says uh that's really not my concern after tucker you know starts questioning him about uh, Ukraine and how the United States and major cities have fallen into disrepair. And Mike says, well, Tucker, I've heard that. And that's not my concern. I've heard you, you know, I've heard this uh, from you before. That's not my concern. And then he goes on to talk about how he's going to, you know, save the country. And what he was talking about was that the people not understanding about Ukraine was not his concern. Because that's what Tucker was saying is that people can't find it on a map. And, you know, people who you're sending, you're talking about they don't have the right tanks and the money. And that's what he was talking about. That wasn't his concern. But the way it sounded was that America's cities uh, were in disrepair and going down to nothing and horrible. And that wasn't his concern. He's never going to get around it. He can make excuses till the cows come home that he's never going to get past that. So just, you know, good luck. God bless. You're done. But my so I was watching this and at the end of the summit, Tucker Carlson was, uh, you know, did a great job interviewing the candidates and the whole Blaze TV staff did uh, a great job and it proved what Blaze TV could do 
100%. It was awesome. Pat and I uh, did the radio show building up to the summit. It was, it was a whole day of the blaze. It was awesome. But I'm listening to the interview with Tucker Carlson, with Glenn Beck after the summit. And in the interview, Tucker talked about not having a TV in his house. I uh, said he reads in silence, plays backgammon, no TV. He doesn't watch TV. And I thought, wow, now that is something. And I was watching another interview with Tucker where he talks about not have, having seen a movie and he doesn't see go to the movies. He talks about some uh, having dyslexia or something real bad. So uh, the movies, I guess, throw him off. I'm not sure uh, why he doesn't do it. But no TV. Wow. I mean, I'm considering look if they this writer strike and actor strike goes on for uh, as long as they're claiming it's going to go on they uh, are not going to have new content for quite some time other than you know reality shows and which i'm probably you know i'm not going to watch i I, i've talked about giving up you know stop spending money on the apps i'll just you know spend money on blaze tv.com slash jeffy and uh you know watch blaze tv but uh i would uh you know i'm considering and i'm just kind of talking out loud here i'm considering maybe giving up tv i don't think i could talk the rest of the house into just getting rid of the tvs because I've loved television for so long and I love the idea of having the big screen in my home uh, and watching it. And I can watch, you know, Blaze TV on the big screen. So I don't know that getting rid of the, te- the, the actual television itself, but I could get rid of a bunch of apps and I can, you know, maybe stop watching TV. Uh, I'm thinking about it. I, I uh, Maybe, you know, do go cold turkey and see what it's like. Just get the news as I normally do outside of television, you know, using uh, the Internet and, you know, texting and communication, stuff like that. But uh, not actually watching television. And so uh, I'm thinking about it. I don't know that I can. My mother, my mother always said... Television is going to be the ruination of the world. And maybe she was right. Maybe she was right. I don't know. I don't know. Just, I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. Okay. So just follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can uh, always email the show, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. And you can always order a cameo from me. That's not free. Uh, you can go to cameo at JeffyJFR and order a cameo from me and tell me whether you want me to be happy, glad, sad, mad, mean, and then I'll do it for the cameo and for the money. Just what I, you know, cameo is my pimp. Another thing I'm thinking of, as long as we're talking about uh, you know thoughts out loud, is uh, paying for my blue check mark on Twitter again. Uh, I really have noticed that the algorithm. Uh, now that I don't have a blue check mark, uh, really does nothing. I haven't grown. I'm talking, and it's just really kind of strange. So I'm thinking about paying Elon some money for my blue check mark. Plus, he gave out checks to influencers uh, this past week, and they were, you know, they made a little bit of money. So it might be worth it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I am definitely thinking about it, though, just so that I can reach you and more people when I tweet. So be sure to follow me at JeffyJFR on Twitter. If and when you see the blue check mark come back, you know that I broke down and paid the money. Hey, it's Kate. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And for you gamers out there, Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation. I know some of you are worried uh, that uh, Microsoft and Sony weren't going to reach a deal, but they did reach an agreement that would keep the Call of Duty franchise on PlayStation for at least the next 10 years. And it's uh, been promised uh, that it was going to happen by Microsoft to get the Activision or the uh, the a- acquisition of the Activision Blizzard deal done. And so, you know, the deadline is tomorrow, I think. It's either today or tomorrow. So they've got deals got to happen uh, contractually. So we'll see if that, uh, if that gets them across the finish line. So uh, Microsoft would make Activision content exclusive to Xbox. Will not happen, or it certainly doesn't look like it's going to. All right, who died today? Who died today? Jane Birkin, the British-French actress, singer, fashion icon, was the inspiration for the Birkin bag, has passed away at the age of 76. She had a fascinating life. Uh, she was, uh, you know, an icon in France, and they, they loved calling her the Petite Angelie. And she was known for the 69 hit, uh, I almost sounded French there, didn't I? I know, I know. That's well, that's what I do. And so uh, she has passed away. Very sad. She had a fascinating life. And she was, I mean, banned for, for a lot of things. She was condemned. They wouldn't play her on the radio. Uh, she was condemned by the Vatican for her sexual lyrics. And so, you know, we'll see. I know she achieved success uh, in the UK charts. And she was in films and movies. And she had her... Uh, uh, tumultuous, to use that word, uh, affair for years with uh, the guy that ended up, he was being uh, taken to court for harassment and she stood up for him and they had, you know, very, very uh, public fights. Uh, and, and so it was just, you know, she was a fascinating human being on this planet and uh, she has now dead at the age of 76. Then we have Manny Cotto, who died today. Manny Cotto, he was uh, a writer and a showrunner for big-time shows, 24, Star Trek Dexter, uh, Star Trek Enterprise, American Horror Story. He had pancreatic cancer. It's very sad. Manny Cotto, dead at the age of 62. But this guy did so much, and I mean, it's very sad to see him go. But uh, Manny Cotto dead at the age of 62. Then we have Houston health officials warning residents of a syphilis outbreak that's responsible for a 128% increase in cases among women. The Houston Health Department said it has also led to a nine-fold rise in congenital syphilis in Houston and Harris counties. 
Wow. Statistics indicated that new infections rose 57% from 1,845 in 2019 to 2,905 in 2022. The number of cases among women totaled 674 last year, which is up from 295 in 2019. Wow. Uh, congenital syphilis rose uh, from 16 cases in 2016 to 151 cases in 2021. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know that you even want to pass by Houston because I don't know where the hot spots are. I know uh, they said they're going to have a big outreach program to address the issue. Are you? Okay. Uh, apparently, you know where the hot spots are. And you're going to mobilize community partners to curb new infections. But, you know, we know that it's crucial for pregnant women to seek prenatal prenatal care and syphilis testing to protect themselves. Uh, okay, uh, good. I know that, uh, you know, the, the Bureau of HIV slash STI and viral hepatitis prevention. And who doesn't love the... Bureau of HIV slash STI and viral hepatitis prevention said the pregnant woman needs to get tested for syphilis three times during her, during her pregnancy. The one thing I love about this story is they, then they show a big picture of a poster saying syphilis is on the rise, get tested, but it's a billboard in Utah. So I'm not sure that people in Houston are going to see the billboard in in utah but you never know you never know so if you're uh, in houston and you think uh i think i might have syphilis go ahead and get tested uh, they tell you that uh, usually it could go undetected because the signs and symptoms are misinterpreted or unnoticed okay well it's a bacterial infection uh usually spread by sexual content it starts as a painless sore typically on the genitals, rectum, or mouth. So if you have a painless sore, could be an issue. Uh, you may want to get that checked. It spreads from person to person via skin or mucous membrane contact with these sores. After the initial infection, the syphilis bacteria can remain inactive in the body for decades before becoming active again. Early syphilis can be cured sometimes with a single shot of penicillin. Without treatment, obviously, you know, severely damage the heart, brain, other organs can be life-threatening, and it can be passed from mothers to onboard children. But the point is that if you have a painless sore in your genitals, rectum, or mouth, <laughs> it's very possible uh, you have syphilis. So how about you get it checked? I know a lot of us have a really pain in the rear but that may not come from a painless sore so just let's get it checked okay hey they found him yes michael burnham the man who escaped from warren county jail uh in pennsylvania on july 6th uh, was captured saturday evening in northwest pennsylvania he didn't travel too far but they said he was a survivalist so he was out there so police received a tip uh saturday afternoon about a suspicious person on jackson run road in kanawango township police said homeowners uh, went to see what their dog was barking at and they discovered burnham who told them he was camping but they recognized him from his photos and they called 911 and the police set up a perimeter around the area and he was taken into custody 
at gunpoint, no kidding, following a brief pursuit. Yeah, no kidding. He saw the cops and started to run. Uh, we don't. I mean, that's what he does. Uh, now they will search the area for, uh, you know, anything that he might have had. They said that uh, he wasn't armed at the time of his capture. Ammunition had been found in some bags that were recovered by police in the last in the last couple days. Uh, he's currently in custody of the Pennsylvania State Police where he's being processed. He will be brought back to Warren County Jail and he'll be arraigned on charges connected to the escape uh, on Saturday night. So uh, they have caught him. So if you're in uh, if you're in Pennsylvania, northwestern Pennsylvania, uh, they caught him. Uh, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Your dog is going to be barking at something else. Not Michael Burham. Uh, you know, at least for now. And I, I just called him by his correct name, Burham. I think I called him Burnham before, but it's Michael Burham. And they arrested a guy they're accusing of the Gilgo Beach murders. Uh, you know, all the headlines, the demon walked among us. Uh, architect Rex Howerman, 59, who pleaded not guilty uh, to first degree and second degree murder in the deaths of three women, although you make the case, of course, he pleaded not guilty for more than a decade 11 bodies were found on long island and a year after he came onto officials radar as a potential suspect the new york architect was charged in the gilgo beach murders so they had him under suspicion for a well uh, at least a year and he was arrested uh, thursday evening at his manhattan office and arraigned friday and deaths of three women he also is suspected in the disappearance and death of a fourth woman okay so uh good if this guy is guilty and he is a serial killer great i'm glad we have him off the streets All right, what else is happening? United Airlines pilots, uh, represented by the Airline Pilots Association, reached a deal in principle with the airline, giving the pilots up to a 40% raise. The deal has about uh, $10 billion in value over the life of the contract, with improvements to quality of work life, compensation, job security, work rules, retirements, and benefits. And and this agreement adds uh, a little long-term stalemate between these parties. So the pilots and United have been uh, negotiating for more than four years. So that's good news for United and the pilots and possibly us as uh, travelers around the world. We had uh, history made at Wimbledon this weekend, breakfast at Wimbledon. Uh, Number six, honest job, became the lowest ranked winner and first unseeded woman to win a Wimbledon. You know, the oldest uh, tennis tournament in the world. Uh, and also, we had uh, the men's uh, tournament this weekend, and Djokovic did not win. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz uh, beat number two uh, Djokovic. I mean, Carlos was top seeded. He was number one. So he's the man, and he beat uh, Novak in a five-set thriller. It lasted four and a half hours. It was fun to watch. When you uh, are down in Florida in Miami, you may see Lionel Messi. He's one of the all-time great soccer players. Apparently, they've been uh, he's been uh, seen in Publix. <laughs> I mean, if you're in South Florida, you're going to shop at Publix. That's what you do. Hello. 
it's Florida. I worked for Win Dixie for a long time, but now it's Publix, and that's just the way it is. But uh, I guess uh, you know he's uh, he's got his new South Beach home. Uh, he's been given a hero's welcome. I guess he starts playing this Friday, right? If you're listening live, today is the 17th of July, 2023. So Lionel starts coming up on Friday the 21st to play in his first game for Miami. So that should be fun. Apparently the debut, uh, the seats are under 300 bucks gets you into the game. So even, uh, even for Lionel Messi and the MLS, uh, it seems to be a pretty fair price. I'm not paying 300 bucks to see major league soccer, but that's just me. I see where they're talking about uh, using this old Ikea space, uh, an Ikea store. And they, they, in the story, it's disused. Okay, well, this is disused Ikea. Uh, they're going to turn this into a London super club. Now, as I'm reading it, this is kind of a gathering place. Um, they're talking about um, what they call drum sheds. So this team who shuttered Printworks, I guess, the 608,000 square foot building, it's going to be transformed into drum sheds uh, where it's an event space showcasing a curated program of music, arts, culture, and community. It'll be one of the largest indoor venues in the city, surpassing Alexandria Palace and a Wembley Arena. Wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty big. You know, I always wanted to open up uh, a nightclub when i was you drive by remember when they started closing down all these pharmacies it doesn't happen here in florida or in texas too much but in florida and and when i lived in the northeast you'd see uh, uh old cvs's or old walgreens or old rite aids specifically cvs's comes to mind though and i'd drive by and see the cvs building closed it's just it used to be a pharmacy and now it's not it's just closed we don't have it here anymore i always wanted to open up a nightclub at these places and just call it the pharmacy and it would just be a place to go and dance and have live music and drink and party and it would be called the pharmacy there you go you can have my idea it's still out there no one's done it no one nobody's doing it which either means it's a terrible idea or no one has thought of it before but i'm telling you that i always thought it would be a great idea to call a nightclub the pharmacy and you could use the old pharmacy buildings to do it and it would be fun and be well worth it i mean they're starting to use the old ikeas and these old huge buildings that are closing up for gathering places why not have a nightclub in the old pharmacy buildings? Why not? That's my question. Why not? Then I see where uh, Arizona, Scottsdale, uh, has announced that uh, they are going to ban natural grass in front of future single-family homes in an effort to conserve water. I mean, okay, that's fine. The new ordinance is going to apply to new houses constructed or permitted after August 15th. And, you know, they want to lead the way in water conservation, setting an example for other communities across the region. But I would, I'm going to be interested to uh, see the actual wording of this because um, I like the idea. I mean, I like the idea. I kind of get it. But uh, the whole deal was that it was going to ban natural grass in front 
of future single family homes in an effort to conserve water. So if you move the house closer to the old sidewalk and then have a big backyard, do I get to put grass in the backyard too? I mean, we'll see. I know that they claim that 86% of those who responded supported the ordinance. Yeah, they've already got their grass. <laughs> do they get to still water their lawns? I don't know. Probably. I know we want to, you know, maintain the beauty. But why are, I mean, if we're still building homes, uh, that creates, uh, I don't know what it's called. Oh yeah, water usage. So perhaps we ought to rethink that as well. I don't know. The water overuse has been a big problem, especially in that area. For a long time so we'll see they claim that when they asked residents to use five percent less water and the city government operations reduced their water usage by nine percent ultimately the city saved about 657 million gallons of water that's huge good i'm glad to I'm glad to see that now i love in this story we have to also talk about climate change and scientists have warned that there's a growing likelihood so it's possible but we don't know for sure. It could be the Earth's hottest year on record. Yes, it could be. And then in the next month, it could get freezing. So it could be the coldest year on record. We just don't know. But right now, record-breaking, staggering 119 degrees in some part of the desert. So I know, it's just amazing to me that it's uh, the most... It's never been seen before, except it really kind of has. Anyway, I don't want to see a blade of grass in front of any of these homes. And I'm guessing that the ordinance actually does mention the entire lot. But if I were to want to move in there, I would say, hey, build my house close to the sidewalk and put the grass in the back. But again, that's just me. And why not? Why not? Okay, I'll leave you with the joke of the day from uh, Todd, who emailed chewingthefat at theblaze.com. Thank you, Todd. You have hit the joke of the day for today. A senior citizen drove his brand new Corvette out of the dealership. Taking off down the road, he floored it to 80 miles per hour, enjoying the wind blowing through what little gray hair he had left. Amazing, he thought as he flew down I-94, pushing the pedal even more. Looking in his rearview mirror, he saw a state trooper behind him. Lights flashing, siren blaring. He floored it to 100 miles an hour, then 110, then 120. Suddenly, he thought, what am I doing? I'm too old for this. And he pulled over and waited for the trooper's arrival. Uh, pulling in behind him, the trooper walked up to the Corvette, looked at his watch and said, Sir, my shift ends in 30 minutes. Today is Friday. If you can give me a reason for speeding that I've never heard before, I'll let you go. The old gentleman paused. Then he said, Years ago, my wife ran off with a state trooper. I thought you were bringing her back. Have a good day, sir. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.